Approaches to treating retinitis pigmentosa have included prosthetic devices and gene therapy. What if there were an approach that could treat the nearly 2 million worldwide patients with this disease? I'm Scott Criswanis, that's Greg Notstein, and this is coverage of the ASRS 2020 meeting on New Retina Radio from Retina Today and Bryn Mawr Communications. Dr. Anthony Joseph fills us in on J-cell technology, which may work independently of a patient's genetic subtype to promote photoreceptor survival in retinitis pigmentosa patients. What data from a phase 2B trial were used to evaluate the efficacy of J-cell technology? And how will the therapy be tested going forward? And what safety concerns should clinicians be aware of? We'll answer those questions in our interview with Dr. Joseph. Retinitis pigmentosa is one of the inherited retinal diseases that retina specialists have targeted over the past several years. At first, they were met with success with retinal prostheses and then gene therapy in patients with a specific mutation of RPE65. That leaves many patients with the disease without treatment. A number of mutations can cause retinitis pigmentosa, and among the nearly 2 million patients with the disease worldwide, a vast majority of them are untreated. That brings us to J-Cell. To learn more about it, New Retina Radio spoke with Dr. Anthony Joseph, who presented on the topic at this year's ASRS annual meeting. Dr. Joseph is a retina specialist at Ophthalmic Consultants of Boston. Dr. Joseph, thank you for speaking with us. Hello, Scott and Greg. Thank you for having me today. This technology is new to me, and I'm certain it's new to many of our listeners. Walk us through J-cell technology. So progenitor cells are stem cells that have begun the differentiation process, but are still immature. Because these cells have limited differentiation, risk of teratoma and proliferative retinopathy formation are minimized. The investigational product J-cell is a live suspension of human retinal progenitor cells in a clinical grade medium. The mixture is prepared and then injected into the vitreous cavity. They remain in the vitreous cavity for very long periods of time. In many patients in the phase 2B study, cells were visualized as far out as the month 12 visit. The mechanism of action is linked to the release of trophic factors from the injected cells that are believed to support photoreceptor survival and perhaps revive those photoreceptors that are weak or dormant. Some of the factors that these cells secrete are known to be linked to photoreceptor survival. I see. So does that mean that photoreceptor cells that would normally die will stay alive or does that mean that photoreceptor cells might regenerate? I think it's more the former. The j side approach is a sustained expression of neurotrophic factors produced by the retinal progenitor cells, uh, stimulating damaged or dormant photoreceptors. Animal studies support the mechanism of action that oxidative stress from degenerating photoreceptors is reduced and a more healthy microenvironment supports cell function. J-cell would probably not work on dead photoreceptors, so we presume that there should be some cellular structure present, and we're still learning just how much structure is needed for cell rescue. Um, it's important to highlight that our goal was not to replace photoreceptors. Retinitis pigmentosa is a genetic disease. Does this address a patient's genetic profile? Um, based on our results, we believe that the effect of J-cell is genetically agnostic. Uh, being a disease with potentially hundreds of mutations, we had many subjects uh, with different gene types. The numbers were too small at this point to really determine if there is any relationship between genetic type and the efficacy of the, of the treatment. 
In a phase 1-2A study, the safety profile was encouraging and there was the possibility of efficacy. Then came the 2B study. Can you tell us what happened there? Sure. So the trial, uh, the phase 2B trial included any patients with RP over the age of 18 uh, with the best corrective visual acuity between 2080 and 2800 in the study eye. Uh, we excluded any patients with macular edema or ocular disease other than RP that might impair their visual function. Um, 84 patients across three U.S. sites were randomized one to one to one to receive either one sham injection, three million J cells, or six million J cells. Of the 84 patients that were randomized, nine were excluded for various reasons, uh, yielding a per-protocol population of 74. Uh, the primary endpoint of the study was mean change in best corrective visual acuity from baseline to 12 months, and the secondary endpoints were sort of more consistent with other retinitis pigmentosa studies. They included low light mobility, kinetic visual field, contrast sensitivity, and a vision-related quality of life questionnaire. So we have three arms, one of which is sham. What did we see at one year? So although not significant, there was an early and sustained trend in improvement in best corrective visual acuity in the 6 million cell group compared to the sham at one year. So that was 7.4 letters improvement in the 6 million cell group compared to 3 letters in the 3 million cell group and 2.8 letters in the sham group. And what did the team find in the secondary endpoints? Uh, the secondary outcomes, including visual field, contrast sensitivity, and quality of life questionnaire, all showed a trend toward improvement in the 6 million group over the sham control. But none of these differences were statistically significant. A lot of research at this phase will help winnow down a group of patients who might experience a clinical benefit to therapy. Has this phase two trial helped with that? Absolutely. Uh, based on our own cases, as well as other RP validation studies in the literature, uh, we had hoped to identify a target population that would have the best chance of improvement, as well as less variability in testing. And factors that led to extreme variability included absence of central vision or central fixation, constricted visual field, or if the study eye was significantly worse than the fellow eye. Um, using this criteria, we outlined a target population that would allow more reliable testing in RP subjects, um, we plan to use these guidelines for future studies, but we also applied them to a post hoc analysis of subjects in this study. I see. And that led to how many patients in the final post hoc analysis? Uh, when we applied these criteria to the per protocol population, uh, we ended up with a post hoc target population of about 50% of the subjects uh, in the study that could be reliably measured. And what happened when you looked at the data from those subjects? Uh, going back to our primary endpoint in a post hoc analysis of this target population, we again saw an early and sustained trend towards improvement in visual acuity, but now there was a statistically significant gain of 16 letters at 12 months in the 6 million group compared to 1.9 letters in those receiving a sham injection. Very interesting. So we went from a nearly one-line difference to about a three-line difference between the highest dose group and the sham group? Yes, uh, which means that the highest dose treatment group saw statistically significant best corrective visual acuity improvement at 12 months compared with the sham group in the post hoc target population. And was there a similar pattern observed in the secondary endpoints when examining only this patient set? Uh, yes, we again had corroboration of our primary outcome with visual function improving in the 6 million group compared to the sham group. Connect visual field, contrast sensitivity, quality of life, and low light mobility scores were all markedly improved. What about safety? Anything to worry about? Uh, including our entire study population, our safety analysis did not reveal any worrisome trends. Specifically looking at intraocular inflammation, there were very few events in either of the two treatment groups. 
And we're, with regard to serious adverse events through month 12, we only had one with the case of ocular hypertension in the 3 million group that was resolved with treatment. Before we get going, tell me about the team you worked with. So I'd just like to acknowledge the other primary investigators, David Liao and Mithil Mehta. Uh, we also had a very strong scientific advisory board with David Boyer, Jeff Heyer, Peter Kaiser, and Barry Kupperman. And then, of course, the J-Cell scientific team, Rebecca Kammer, Henry Clausen, Bonnie Mills, and Jing Yang. Dr. Joseph, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate your time, Scott and Greg. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to New Retina Radio on Apple Podcasts, Google, or Spotify. And be sure to review New Retina Radio on Apple Podcasts. It really does help your peers find the latest episodes. That's all for now. Thanks. Thanks.